Welcome to the Infill Podcast, where we interview the most interesting members of the 3D printing and maker communities live and with audience participation. And now, here is your host, Jonathan Levy. Hey, apparently I'm unmuted now. Had a notification. So, hey, everyone, and welcome, welcome. So excited to have you all back today live for our second real episode. You guys, today we have an absolute real treat. One of my favorite content creators, one of the folks that I look up to the most in content creation. His name is Alec Mandic, really Mandic, and he's a mad scientist maker who combines years and years of professional experience in many different trades, which he and I share in common, to produce entertaining and educational video content from 3D printing to construction projects, custom computers, and beyond. Alan, welcome to the show, my friend. Great. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, thanks for agreeing to come on. Apparently, today I was uh, the middle of a bunch of controversy, so I, I agree you taking a risk on me was uh, was much appreciated, let yes. me say. <laughs> Alan, I'm really excited to have you on the show uh, for many, many reasons. As I said, I very much look up to your content. I think you have some of the best B-roll in the business. I'm really excited to get to know about your journey. Uh, is there anything I missed in the intro just that you would want to share about who you are and what you do? Uh, um, well, one thing I should share real quick, I have a cold, so I'm sorry any viewers out there if I my voice cracks up or whatever through this, uh, I have some tea on hand, but uh, <laughs> the only thing I didn't really get in there was that I'm a former custom car builder. I have so many things in my repertoire that it starts to either come off braggadocious or uh, just weird when I list everything. So yeah, that's why I've gone by started to go by the mad scientist of all trades. Well, so I'm going to give you now permission that it does not sound weird. I'd love to hear because I'm the same way. I mean, I, I've mentioned on this show before I came from, you know, accelerated learning, which means I have a, a whole bag of tricks, you know, is one way to put it. And, uh, and I've kind of just done a little bit of everything. And I think that as, as content creators, that's kind of necessary. Like you kind of need to know your way around marketing copy and you need to know your way around a camera, obviously. So give it, give us the whole spiel, like, uh, you know, in two minutes or less, life story up until this point of being a full-time content creator so uh i am a redneck from the woods of pennsylvania i <laughs> grew up grew up in the middle of nowhere uh my dad was into cars he owned a construction company building houses so i grew up i there's pictures of me walking rafters on the second story of uh him building the barn for himself when i was literally two years old so scaring the hell out of my mom um, but so I've grown up on job sites and then I went on to get a hobby in computers was my big thing in my teen years. So, you know, building my own custom computers since I was 15 years old and just changing every setting in a computer I could to see what the heck it did and learn. And then I decided by the age of like 16, I was sick of already being the tech support for every member of my extended family. <laughs> so. I moved to uh, cars, so I became an auto tech. I went to school for that, but my big passion was fabrication. So really customizing things, building custom cars from the ground up. So I started doing repair on cars and then moved into the custom car world, building high-end custom cars, muscle cars, street rods, all that. And I specialized in metal fabrication, sheet metal shaping and electrical wiring. So I pretty much say I could build a car from scratch 
ground wow. up except for paint and body and in interior. And honestly, the reason for that is I just never wanted to do those. So yeah. like, I just never bothered to learn. And so eclectic background of, oh, I also sold tools for a little while. Uh, when the uh, 2008 recession hit and jobs were scarce, I decided to open my own business because, you know, that's the smart move in a recession. It and, is. Uh, we could get well, into that, but it totally is. It was a successful business. I only walked away from it because I'm not a people person as far as like one-on-one -on -one, every day, all day sales wasn't for me. So yeah, I, uh, I yeah. can respect that. That uh, is that's... really cool and really interesting and super eclectic. How did you get into 3D printing in all of this? And for those of you in the comments saying that the camera is lagging, I'm working on it. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm working on it as I listen to Alan's interesting story. So how 3D printing? Of all things. Uh, 3D printing came about for me because of the custom car work. So I, as a custom car builder, was building all these things with metal. But I always had visions of what else I could do and design and create. But I never had access to CNC machines. I could do yep. some manual milling and lathe work and such. But there was always a limit to what I could do purely because of what was available to me. Mm -hmm. So I got into 3D printing for my custom car work so that i could expand uh my my background uh, you know prototype parts if i was going to have them cnc machined i could print a mock-up and say oh the dimensions are good on this before i send it and spend thousands getting something machined right or you know trim pieces for cars that are discontinued and these oddball things i actually uh give a little uh, we'll see when it's coming at this moment it's been delayed but i have a video where i'm going to be custom 3d printing a dash for my dad's 1965 GMC in the near future. And that's the kind of stuff I wanted to get into. And then I found that I loved 3D printing and it entirely took over my life. So 3D printing became the focus and cars completely pretty much fell away. <laughs> you and me both, first of all, let me, uh, everything is failing on me here in terms of uh, live broadcast. So we'll focus on the audio, but uh, you and me both and I know you started out as a content creator doing custom cars. Were you full-time you know, creating content when you were working on the car stuff or it really only became during the 3D printing that you were able to go full-time? Uh, it's only 3D printing that allowed me to go full-time. So I was full-time custom car builder. I went to a shop owned by somebody else and I built cars day in, day out. That's what I did. And I started, I needed a hobby because I am very much, my gears never, ever stop. Yep. And so I would come home and I would research for projects and do a lot of work off the clock on the cars that I was building. And that was all well and good. And I chose to do that. It wasn't a requirement, but I needed to have another outlet. So mm -hmm. I forget why. Oh, actually, I remember why it came about. I started a YouTube channel because a YouTuber that I liked stopped doing it. Just like one day, just quit. Hmm. And uh, I saw a hole in the market. So I'm like, ah, I, you know, I want to see more content like that person was doing. So I'm going to create that content. Um, and so I just started making YouTube videos. And I made YouTube videos about car stuff, about metal shaping, uh, metal fabrication, wiring, all that the stuff that I did as my day job for years as I would come home after you know, uh, 10 hour day. Cause I worked four tens. Then I would come home and 
create content at night, turnaround videos, one a week, every week for like, I don't think I missed a single week for two and a half years. And um, it was a lot. And that channel, uh, Hot Rod Hippie is the channel. It still exists. I don't really create content there anymore because I was was in the red. It never made money. Um, Yep. Like, don't get me wrong. I got sponsors and I got, you know, uh, my flights covered to go to SEMA so I could do SEMA coverage and such. But at the end of the day, it just, I was still putting in far more than I was getting out of it. And I needed the day job to fund it. And it was just a losing battle. Um, And when I came into 3D printing and I started making 3D printing content, it started to catch on in a way that the car stuff just never did and never connected. So I said, well, this is, I have like a uh, Mandic really YouTube channel has like 20,000 subscribers. Now hot rod hippie has like 43,000, but mm-hmm. I, not to go too deep into it, but they make the same amount of money now. Right. And, um, that's just like the, it, it makes so much more sense to make 3d printing content. And I, I also just really enjoy it. The car stuff. I'm in the same place with you. I, uh, just, I've done YouTube for a long time. Um, it was a, a side, you know, afterthought in my personal development business of like, hey, how can we get more people aware of what we're doing and, and you know, get them into our world and following the podcast and stuff like that. And then I did exactly the side hustle with a Bitcoin 3D printing channel. Don't everybody leave. I know the 3D printing people are very skeptical, despite the fact that Bitcoin is open source money and 3D printing is open source creativity. People are skeptical. We could do, I could do a whole episode on why Bitcoin is like the perfect thing. But anyway, I'm really passionate about it. I believe that it's going to liberate, you know, humanity. And so I was doing YouTube videos as well, but losing money on them basically just because I'm passionate about it. And uh, my wife encouraged me. She's like, you know, I'm really sick of hearing about 3D printers and you should just go do a video about it because you clearly need to share this enthusiasm and passion with someone. And it was during COVID. So there were no meetups locally. And uh, as you said, it took off so much faster. And my wife pointed out to me, and it's true, you know, like Paolo Coelho says, when you know what you want and it's the right the right thing for you to want, all the universe will line up before you. Um, tell me about that transition yeah, I mean, to full-time content creator because I'll ask a, a question that I know the answer to. Being a full-time content creator, easier or harder than you thought when you saw that market opportunity? Way harder, way harder. So much harder. Um, it is so much harder than people uh, give it credit for. Like, yes. don't get me wrong. I'm my own boss. If I wake up one day and I don't want to do something awesome, I don't have to do anything that day. But my work suffers as a result, you know. Um, and that can be harder be that one... for people who need structure, you know. Exactly. Well, yeah, uh, that's absolutely a factor. Um, it's it's a lot harder than I ever gave it credit for. By the time I went full time, I was fully aware because, like I said, I was doing it. I was basically working two full-time jobs, creating content and working a full-time job. Right. And honestly, truly, like I, I hate to say it. And here's the thing that'll get me canceled this week. Um, (laughs) COVID was the best thing to happen to me. Uh, it just so many of us like, yeah, like it gave me the opportunity. I have nothing else to do. It gave me the opportunity to dive hard into 3D printing so I could look yeah. like, honestly, I have not been 3D printing that long. I think I've been 3D printing about as long as you have from what I saw. Uh-huh. And um, it gave me a chance to dive in super hard into that. I, 
I have a neurodivergent brain. Like I can dive into a topic and master it in a very short period of time. Yep. So I just devoted myself to, to that for nothing else for a while and yep. creating content. And those two things converged together to create a situation where I could justify going full time yep. where I couldn't have previously. That is awesome. And it's funny that you say that because during COVID, a couple things. One, so I taught, I teach, taught, I sold the business, but I taught accelerated learning, right? So it's all about like, you know, if you want to change careers, how do you learn everything you need to know in six months instead of six years? And, and I was writing that marketing copy and it, it you know, <sighs> I'm a marketer and which is partly, yeah. I think why I've, I've ruffled some feathers in the 3D printing community because, you know, you can't unknow what you know. And I, I know, I know marketing for better or worse. Sometimes it, it upsets people. But uh, I was writing that marketing copy of like, look, who knows what the future looks like? Some people are going to come out of this with a new business, a new market opportunity, a new certification, a new whatever. And some people are just going to complain at the end of however many years this is. And it, it's awesome to hear that, you know, you and also I, so during COVID, I had two employees just say, hey, we're, we're out. We're piecing out. We're going to start our own businesses. Like my marketing copy, I guess, influenced them. And they're like, yeah, this is an opportunity. And that was part of my reasoning as same as you, right? To say like, look, I could keep doing this thing that I'm doing that is okay, that I don't hate, but it doesn't make me as happy as tinkering and creating and sharing that enthusiasm. And I think that's awesome. Um, you also have or had a video production company, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, when I, when I dove into content um, for uh, like COVID time era, uh, when I dove in, well, I invest so much in video equipment because it's yeah. one of my hobbies, one of my interests. And yeah. one way I like with the car content, one way I saw I could stand out because I literally was making car content in a third bedroom and in a third story bedroom apartment <laughs> um, situation, like a spare bedroom in the apartment I lived in. I had like I lived in this ridiculous apartment in Massachusetts that had five bedrooms and one bathroom. Um, and I used one of the bedrooms as my studio to make car content. Well, I obviously can't build a car in a bedroom on a third story of this 1800s building. So I couldn't like, I couldn't stand out by building like the thousand horsepower, this or that, like I just couldn't do it between expense and space. Right. So I said, well, I'll focus on making high quality content because most people at the time were, were filming on their phone, their GoPro. Right. And I couldn't stand to watch most car content personally, because mm -hmm. I was watching people like, you know, Peter McKinnon, Chris Howe, and, and all these folks making like beautiful content. And I'm like, and there's just this hole in the car community of that not existing. So I dove in really hard to making yeah. beautiful content as best I could. And so when you start investing that much and you're not making any money, you got to <laughs> justify it somehow. Right. So I started justifying it by doing video work for other people or yeah. passion projects or whatever. Um, so when COVID came around, it became a more serious freelance project job where I did video production, but it was only a short lived period of time where it went from doing freelance work to creating full-time content was yeah. justifying itself enough that I would have made more money doing freelance video work, but I couldn't do both. So right. I chose. And again, we come back to that. Like, would you rather be rich or would you rather be happy? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and it's like there, I, I, came up with this saying a, a while ago before COVID had us all working from home. 
um, which is that freedom is the new currency, right? And the freedom to work on what you want, with whom you want, whenever you want, from wherever you want, is worth so much more. Like fewer and fewer people, at least where I live, like there is a shortage of lawyers. My wife is trained as a lawyer, didn't spend a day in the profession out after getting her, uh, you know, stamp, because no one wants to do it because it's not worth the money, and the money is great, but it's just not worth it. Um, Speaking of money, I'm realizing that I forgot to thank our wonderful sponsor today, PCB Way. So I'm going to do that really, really quickly and just say that PCB Way is an awesome sponsor of us. And also, I believe Mandic Really, they've sponsored some content as well. Uh, great supporter of the community, and they make so many different things possible from PCBs to sheet metal fabrication, 3D printing, metal, CNC machining, really anything you want. You can register for a $5 welcome bonus. Uh, we'll put a link in the description if you want to support the channel even further. Thank you. Big thank you to PCB Way for sponsoring this show when no one else would take a chance on it and making this content possible. Because as Alan and I will no doubt continue to discuss, AdSense doesn't pay the bills. So thank you, PCB Way, for your support. And thank you, all of you, for supporting PCB Way and supporting the people that make this show possible. Alan. I want to talk about the amazing artwork that adorns your body. And I, to be clear, asked permission before we hit record because you do not talk about it on the show. And I think it's awesome because you and I are both modifiers, right? I've modified all the carpentry in my house and I modified cars for a decade and we modify 3D printers. You have taken that to your body and I'm curious how that compares, contrasts, how is it different? It's a little more permanent than modifying a 3D printer. Do you think that it ties in with just the whole personality of being a maker and a tinkerer? Um, you know, honestly, before, we, uh, as Jonathan said, we we slightly discussed this before the show, and I had never put two and two together in that respect. Hmm. That I can't leave anything alone, including my own body. I never really thought about it that way, but you're completely right. Um, so <laughs> I don't know how to put it. I, the best way I can put it, and I always, I, um, uh, my, my partner and I actually had this discussion like last week where what I used to say, and I've kind of shied away from saying it lately, uh, because I feel like it, it comes off like it's devaluing. I, I try really hard and I, if anybody follows me on Twitter, they probably see me. Like I do things that I, I say things, I show things, whatever that I probably shouldn't, that's might hurt my overall reach, whatever. I try to be an ally to the LGBT community and mm -hmm. trans folk in general, from my understanding, view themselves one way. Right. I view myself a certain way and mm -hmm. blank skin was never it. The Amazing. image I had of myself never really aligned. I was just a super pale, gangly, six foot one tall, 150 pound, like bean pole of a white guy. And it just never felt like me to me. Uh, and once I started getting tattooed, I immediately started to feel more and more like myself. Wow. And so that's kind of where it has gone for me. And where life has been is like, I just became looking the way I look and feeling more like myself as a result of that. Uh, as I said, I like, I, I, I kind of shy away from that expl explanation. Yeah. Um, just cause I don't want, I, I don't want it to be like, oh, my tattoos are the same as your gender reaffirming. Like, of that's, course, of course. But 
but but in also the same regard like there is a thing in my brain where i feel better about myself as a person as a result of them I think that's beautiful. And I really appreciate you sharing that. And these are exactly the kinds of things that I want to get into on here, because I don't know if you have this situation. You you and I have talked about this offline where you and I consume a lot of YouTube. I consume way more YouTube than, you know, uh, any other kind of platform. And one thing that drives me nuts is when I can't dig in and learn about the people that I follow. Like I want to know more about Stefan and I want to know more about Joel and you can find it sprinkled. But it's, you know, it's never, you can't just pull up IMDb and go, hey, I'm, I'm really curious, you know, what, how, who is this person and what are their, their kind of views and behaviors? And uh, because we have this parasocial relationship with the creators that we follow, and, and, you know, I'm also like this, like I was spoiled in my last business that people kind of knew me because I did a weekly podcast that was not, you know, scripted and, and people kind of got to know me and, and uh, know that I'm like not a complete jerk only moderately and usually unintentionally but um it's awesome and it's awesome to get to know you and i want to thank you for for opening up about that i want to ask you about one specific tattoo because it speaks to me and my history and feel free to say hey i don't want to talk about it you have a tattoo on one of your hands that says end this and i'm really curious about that Mm. talk to me um yeah so the there in my thumb is where it says end this um, and we don't have so, to, if you're not comfortable, put it? we, we no, can no, skip no. it. I'm, I'm totally comfortable talking. I'm totally comfortable discussing any of this stuff. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fairly open book. I just generally don't discuss this. I told Jonathan earlier, I generally don't discuss these things. Cause I think it's funny. Right. Um, when I am clearly like people discuss <laughs> like, Oh, this guy's so tattooed. Like, tell us about your tattoos. And it's I have the elephant it in the room to be like, what are you talking about? What, I don't know. Um, so end this, I got that 15 years ago, probably now, um, after a bad breakup, honestly, I stuck in a relationship for longer than I should have. And one of those, like, I should have walked away way sooner. I should have learned a lesson. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like, it was a reminder to myself. That was the main focus of it was to have this constant reminder right in my field of vision, which if you're a tattooed person, you'll quickly realize that that's silly because you forget that they're there. Naturally. And um, it's right there in my face all the time. It says, end this. Now, when we did it, we legitimately grabbed a knife, put it in my hand, grabbed a pistol, put it in my hand, and a couple other things and held all of them and laid it out. So it was legible to me in each of those situations. I got tattooed by like a old school, like biker tattoo artist at that time. So like, that was like the thought process for them for laying it out was like, I was like, Hey, I kind of want to end this. It's just like a message to myself to like, not put up with stuff and like realize that I have the ability at any point to walk away from situations that aren't beneficial to me or aren't good to me. So like it actually has a really wholesome meaning, but totally. it was also laid out in a way so that like if I'm holding a nine millimeter, it also says end this, which is just messed up. <laughs> well, but, but it also can mean end, end this piece of what is causing me the pain and suffering and not everything. It doesn't say end everything, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. But that's like the, the tattoo community, especially like 15 years ago is edgy and like, you know, yeah. definitely on that dark humor side of things. So, yeah. That's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. 
And it, it's this is reinforcing to me that these conversations need to be had uh, in this community because we all just need to know each other better. And especially, you know, Denise commented, a, a few people commented that they also got into this uh, entire hobby during COVID. And that was a time where we all couldn't meet up, you know, and, and create relationships. So now it's amazing. Like I'm hoping to see people at Murph. I'm hoping to see people at, at different events. And uh, I, I mentioned this in a recent video that I did uh, about like why 3D printing is amazing for everybody. And it's, you don't anticipate the community aspect of it. You know, you think it's just me tweaking stuff, but it's such a community oriented hobby. So super important. Um, let me ask you, now that you're not 3D printing parts for cars, a couple of people in the comments want to know, how much do you actually get to 3D print? Because I think of you often, you once said to me, you're like, the more I make content about 3D printing, the less I get to 3D print. And I feel the same way and it sucks. And I realized I've been in such a down, I'm talking a blue streak, but I've been in such a down and all I needed to do was just like shut off the YouTube analytics and just go play with my printers. So how much do you get to 3D print? What kind of stuff are you 3D printing for your own joy? Do you get to 3D print for your own joy? And what's the last thing you printed? Um, yeah, I, so I saw your, your mention of that on Twitter. And I actually commented on it this morning. I used to do a series on TikTok, uh, where my content has hit the best, where I would do 3d printer roundup of the week. So every Sunday I would do a, a roundup of everything I had printed that week and just be like, Hey, here's everything I yeah. printed this week that I can show you like not on a project that I, I can't show you yet. Um, yeah. And that was really fun and people really connected with it. It is cool to see that like snippet of what we actually do, but it's entirely true that the more I'm doing this, the less I'm actually printing. Uh, this week is totally different than that because this week's video is going to be about 3d printed stuff specifically. Um, mm -hmm. There's a small note like, Hey, inside track for you folks. My video this week is going to be uh 3D printed upgrades for the X1, the Bamboo X1. Cool. So like that that Hydra AMS that just launched, you know, that upgrade. Yeah. I wanted to do a video about that last week, but then I saw Nero was doing it. And I also had to travel last week, which interrupted my week. So I'm going to include that and some other stuff. Um, so I've been printing a bunch more stuff this week. But for me, I really enjoy printing my own designs. Uh, <laughs> I'm also a designer. Like almost everything on that shelf up behind me uh, is my own design. And so I really like, like I got into this to prototype and make parts for things that, that I was building with my own hands and generally from my own designs. So seeing my own designs come to reality in 3d printing is also like a thing like this 10 millimeter can cup is one of my so cool. designs. Um, but that's not my latest print. My latest print is a little far away is, uh, it, let me grab it real quick. Yeah, do it. Do it. And for those uh, who are commenting on the laggy video, it didn't do it last week. So I'm not sure why, but uh, I'm going to do my absolute best to get a new capture card by next week. So thank you guys for the the tolerance. Show us your latest print. Latest print. Last thing I printed oh, is the main parts of this storage bin, but it's a oh, bamboo lab storage bin. So for the X1. With, I can tell from here you printed on a wham bam flexible PEX yep. plate. I, you know what? I, it's so glassy. I honestly kind of hate it. <laughs> um, so that I said that in my review, I was like, if you want the glass finish and sometimes yeah. you do, like when I printed for my Voron, the, uh, corner mounts for the, the Lexan panels, well, you don't want shiny Lexan panels and then, you know, textured, but if you don't want it, then it's like, uh, 
I think you have to have both though. Yeah. Uh, but I, it's my favorite print surface for the X one right now, as far as printing on it, except for that finish. I don't, I don't right. personally like that. I'd rather a little bit of a mat, but yeah, it is. I, it is. I agree. I will say there were some things I actually have some of the pieces here. Sorry, audio folks. There were some things that I printed on my Voron, which comes with the super textured plate. Um, that I just couldn't fit together because the texturing was so intense that it just didn't work. And the bamboo plate was a lifesaver. Um, yeah. But I agree well, with you I, for the majority of parts. I want that texture. I I personally have been lately, I've switched to smooth PEI plates yep. uh, on my Vorons. And I prefer that personally. It le like a smooth PEI plate leaves just a matte smooth finish on yeah. things. And I like that better than this glossy that the PEX has. Yeah. Um, where are you getting those uh, smooth PEI I, plates? Uh, personally, the plates I'm running on my Vorons come from 3D Hub Canada. Um, okay. 3dhub.ca. That's where I've gotten them from. I think they sell awesome. on Amazon here in the US. So um, awesome. That's where I got those from. Yeah. Now, all right, now I have a bunch of questions that I really want to know the answer to because you and I both get to, we're very blessed in that we get to review all kinds of printers. You're also really awesome and I want to commend you for this because you're someone and also Uncle Jesse is someone that I look up to who is extremely ethical in this and you're very clear and you've reached out to me a couple times and been like, hey, you know, these guys sent this message. Do you know them? Like, I, you know, so uh, to anyone watching, I mean, hopefully I won't regret this and you won't go off the deep end, but like Alan really does the work to vet the people that he works with. And I commend that. And so I trust your opinion when I say, what is your favorite go-to printer right now? You need something to work. What are you sending it to? The bamboo, the Vorons? It's a hard question. Right, right? now, it, right now. Um, that's actually the intro for, I already filmed the intro for another video and I specifically broke down, here are the four printers that I use the most. Um, yeah. but right now it's the Bamboo X1. That is yeah. the printer that I most commonly just send things to, yeah. uh, and walk away specifically. It would, I, I'm, I'm certain of this. It would be my Voron 2.4, except I haven't enclosed it yet. It doesn't have the panels on it. Mm -hmm. So printing a, I print uh, a lot of not engineering, but the higher temp materials, ASA. Cause right. I'm, I'm most of what I'm doing lately is building machines. Right. So I print a lot of ASA, ABS and nylon and without the enclosure, that's just, you're, you're battling it. It's an uphill battle. So the enclosed nature of the bamboo X one just makes it so much more reliable for what I'm totally. doing. Um, so that's the the primary reason. Uh, yeah, that that's my go-to at the moment. That's awesome. Um, hopefully, hopefully I'll get some time in the very near future to up to change out the uh, Voron so I can get. To when you that do more. put the panels on, skip straight to the magnetic ones because it's going to make such a difference. Mm. And I think you'll quickly realize that the Voron is not designed. I mean, it's it's fine printing PLA. It's not designed specifically for printing PLA. And so your PLA prints will suffer. And a friend of mine, Ben Sion, who does a lot of uh, Voron stuff, he's like a local reseller for LDO, uh, got me onto just making all the panels magnetic so I can just snap them on and off, um, skip straight to that. Yeah. But I, by the way, echo your sentiments, like the bamboo has become my go-to printer. And also I regret tinkering with it. Like I, uh, 
I moved the AMS and hacked all the wires and extended them and changed a bunch of stuff and did the whole video on the nozzle. And uh, I'm interested in your perspective because you've also modified it. You've done the Noctua. You're clearly a modifying guy. Uh, are you happy that you've tinkered with this kind of closed source, you know, it just works printer out of the box? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I, I, The things I like least about that machine is the closed source nature of it and the, yeah. the things that I can't tinker with because I personally have improved my printing uh, by manually tuning the, shing, the thing. I don't let the the auto calibration do its thing anymore. Um, I don't use the LiDAR settings. It does the LiDAR first layer detection on its own. I can't really change that. Um, and nine times out of 10, I find that when it finds a defect, the problem, the, my opinion as to why the defect occurred is because I can't adjust the offset. So the squish was bad mm -hmm. on the first layer. Mm -hmm. whole whole thing that whenever I bother to finally put together my like eight months later review of the X1, I'll rant about, I'm sure. Um, no, I don't regret modifying mine in the least. Uh, I would like to, I I would like to and I'm going to go further. Um so yeah, I like messing with the thing. Uh I'm going to continue to do so in the near future and I've got a couple of projects planned for modifying the thing further. Uh the That's video awesome. I'm putting out this week is going to be a, like one baby step into it and then the next one is again not really a big step but i'm going to be i'm designing my own parts right now for something that i'm going to be putting into it so uh yeah yeah no, i don't i, I think don't for remember. me a big part of it is is it's psychological right it's like everyone tells you like it's closed source and the profiles are perfectly tuned and i've so convinced myself that it's like my iphone right and i don't like don't read into that too much right it's not like oh it's this perfect product or you know child labor like i mean it's it's like my iphone or maybe i'll just say it's like my macbook right the software has been perfectly designed to work with the hardware because it all comes from the same vendor. Um, and it's, and it's not open source and that there there's value associations with that and whatnot, but I've convinced myself in the same way that I don't jailbreak my iPhones anymore because they just, they work better. And eventually Apple will give me all the same features. That doesn't mean that I don't still love all my open source stuff. And, you know, I run a Bitcoin node and I believe in open source but there is a case to be made. And I think I've convinced myself with the bamboo that like, um, you know, once you go off on that path, you are on your own and for better or worse, right? Like if you're willing to do the work and you're a content creator like you and I, and you can make videos about like, here's what I messed up and here's what I didn't mess up. And I, I made a short about, you know, like, oh, my bamboo's dead. It's 100% my fault because I put thermal paste in all the wrong places. That's cool. But if you're a daily user who needs this printer for a business or whatever, personally, I'd keep it stock, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that that makes total sense. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest somebody wanted to run a print farm, start modifying the thing, like stick with what you got. Like, totally. I, yeah, so. totally. Uh, thank you, Casey Wood, for the super chat. And uh, I will make sure to get to your question. And, but I think the answer is going to be tune in to Alan's next video, but we'll get to those questions in a, in a little bit once I finish all my wonderful, totally pre-prepared questions that I came up with and spent hours researching. Um, I do want to ask you, Alan, uh, what's kind of next? What's your big goal right now with the channel? I mean, you already, and I envy you to no end for this. You already have a space, physical space. Your channel's growing well. Like what's your next big milestone and how can we support you? Um, for me, uh, part of it, which 
lovely course of conversation. Perfect. I want to move away from 3D printing a little bit. I know I've told okay. Jonathan this and he's like giving me like really solid points about why that's probably not the greatest idea. I get it. Um, I just, I don't like, I kind of fell into being a 3D printing guy. Like, mm -hmm. and I have so much more in my repertoire that I want to take advantage of yeah. and do things with. And I, so I really want to start making more content of making things yep. using 3D printing as a portion of it, or, you know, a, yep. either primary or just tangential, like little detail of, um, yep. I'd love to be more of a maker, less of a 3D printing uh, person, but then like it's once momentum is going a certain direction, it's hard to swerve. It's hard to, to do that. Uh, so best I could say is stick with me while I make some changes. Totally. <laughs> um, I feel the same way, by like, the way. I have, and uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, like I've been doing, I've been dabbling in it because I'm making changes in the studio. I have a studio; it's excellent and amazing, and that's what I was missing for so long with the car content. Um, it's not big enough to make car content, really, which is part of why I kind of like moved away from Hot Rod Hippie and dove into Mandic. Really, is that it's 600 square feet in my studio, which is oh. amazing for like a small maker studio, but for like building a car a car is going to take up 400 square foot of that. Um, so right. <laughs> whatever, but, um, I'm doing like this bench I'm sitting at right now. It's just, this desk is a temporary workbench that I have set up. And like, I built this in a workshop vlog video and I showed folks how I built it and little tips and tricks about like way I built it. Like, here's why I did this. And so I'm trying to go that direction. Uh, and, the the reception has been amazing like the comments yes. on those videos are super positive folks being mm -hmm. like you make it interesting just to watch you make something like even yeah. when it's just b-roll like jonathan knows i try to make it interesting i love you um <laughs> so like i'm i'm throwing in tidbits and tips and things and i'm constantly doing that and the, like i said the reception has been overwhelmingly positive but the viewership has been way lower so like you know, my tuning a 3D printer video that I did just this past Saturday has like 14,000 views as of today, I think. And my last workshop vlog has like 1,000. So oh, like wow. of the 1,000, like the percentage of people who watched it and liked it was very high, but I'm just not getting the viewership. So that bums it, me you know, out. There's going to be a... I mean, that it's, bums it's me the out. way content goes when people come expecting one thing i understand it like people subscribe to me because they saw one of my reviews of a 3d printer and they're like why is this guy building a workbench like i get that um but i don't know i just i want like you said i want to enjoy what i do i'm totally. one of those people who who legitimately 1000 percent means it when people ask oh if you won the lottery what would you do exactly the same thing i'm doing right now i would just have less stress <laughs> yeah you'd have less stress you probably outsource like hey can can someone just come clean up my set after i'm done recording that that would be my difference yeah. i mean people don't see but like it's like 80 percent of my workflow is just clearing off a space where i can record some b-roll uh, i'd get rid yeah. of that have do you follow alexander chapel uh, no, I've watched some of his content. I've just never, it's one of those channels where I'm like, I like this, but I've never bothered to subscribe. Oh, I love his stuff. And, um, I will say he's gone down, he's remodeling a, an apartment in Oslo right now. So he's gone really down the maker thing. And I personally, I watch the videos cause I like him and I like his personality, but, uh, I watch them like, you know, in an open window while I'm answering emails, not 
raptured like I do his 3D printing stuff. But I think one thing he's done very well, because he's a carpenter, you know, and, and like a real, like you, like he actually knows how to do things, not just tinker with profiles. Um, he's done a really, really good job combining, right? So even when he does a project, like I'm organizing my entire wood shop, it's like, well, I'm going to 3D print these parts or, uh, you know, 3D printed video stuff. And I'm toying with the idea I mean, first of all, I'd be curious for everyone in the chat now, like, are you interested in just maker content from folks like Alan or myself? But I'm toying around with the idea of like, kind of, you know, how you get your kids to eat their vegetables, like just getting a little bit at, at a time, right? So I'll just, I'll do a video on 3D printing, but I'm going to work in the CO2 laser, or I'm going to work in some like woodworking techniques, and I'm going to break out their router. Um and then just slowly, slowly expanding the audience that way rather than just doing a full-on video of like, hey, I'm doing this carpentry project and there's no 3D printing. Yeah, so. that's that's kind of, and that's kind of where I, I'm going with it. Like I know in back of my mind right now, like I need to, like I said, this desk is temporary. I need to make some changes to put my desk where it's going to end up. And part of that is a router project where mm -hmm. I'm, I want to, I want one of those like sweeped in like little, uh, a desk with the desktop have like a little sweep so I could get a little tighter into the desk, whatever. Yep. And I already have a plan for 3d printed guides for how I'm going to do that. And a couple of 3d printed parts for a router to make it work a little better for that application. So like that's same thing. I've got a woodworking project effectively, but I'm going to use 3d printing to make that woodworking project happen. And so yeah. that's how I intend to bring the two together. And like you say, like eventually it'll probably end up where the only 3D printed thing in the video is my, you know, adapter for my router to go to a shop vac or whatever the heck. So right. But right. that's that's my ultimate goal, but we'll see. Well, I think the beauty of 3D printing, right, is it is so versatile. You can find a way to work it into anything, right? Woodworking projects, yeah. you make router bits. If it's about videography, which you and I are both passionate about. I've decided that I'm going to design and print my own camera cage because I just don't want to spend 180 bucks on a few pieces of CNC aluminum. Like I have 3D mm -hmm. scanners. I have all this cool sh stuff. And we have to be careful because we're on YouTube, right? They, they just, oh, they just the changed profane. that. Yeah. Yeah. They updated the profile. I can say it's a hell of a time, but I have to be careful about everything else. Um, yeah. I do want to ask you a bunch of questions, but I've forgotten all of them. So I'm going to go into the questions that our wonderful live viewers are asking. Casey Wood did an awesome super chat. Thank you, Casey. You didn't have to do that, but I appreciate it. Uh, what is your top 10 mods for the Bamboo Lab X1 Carbon for both of us? I know you have a video coming up on this, but if you want to sneak peek a little bit, if not, I'll share um, a few of mine. Well, I can give you the ones I've definitely already done to this point. So yeah. the... Uh, insulation on the inside of the thing to quiet it down. It's louder than I care for. Like I have, yep. I have other fast printers. The war, the, the, the X one is just louder than the other fast printers. Mm -hmm. um, insulation, the uh, quieting down the, I, I don't like loud stuff. Like I just don't want to, yeah. I work in the same space that my printers run in. So the, uh, the quiet fan mod that I did to it, I'm going to be changing that. But uh, that one, uh, the fan support mod because mine's one of the Kickstarter units. So the fan has mm. the potential to fall off. So I don't have to worry about that. Uh, I'm going to be doing the Hydra AMS uh, yep. piece in the very near future uh, in the next video. Uh, so I can fit whatever spools I want. And I don't have to worry about it. Really looking forward to that. I've got some printed solid stuff I want to use and I can't right now. Mm -hmm. And 
I'll throw in a couple. Um, upgrading the bed was a must for me. I freak. I mean, people have told me in the comments, like, just use Windex. I hate that cool plate. And I don't like the engineering plate much more. Like, people are like, oh, but it's so good for nylon. My Voron prints nylon perfectly on a textured bed. That's awesome. So getting, I did a whole video just on that. Um, I'm still on the fence about the nozzle thing. I think 90% of the issues that I had were because I'm an idiot and I don't read instructions. Fair, I admit it. But it is really cool to be able to slap a V6 nozzle on there. Uh, and it's even cooler to not have to mess around with, you know, screws and all kinds of like Molex connectors to just swap out nozzle size. Uh, so that was a good one. And then I relocated the AMS, which meant just swapping out the PTFE tube and then just cutting and soldering. I know you can buy a longer cable for it, but they don't ship to Israel. So I just cut soldered. Um, those would be my upgrades so far. And okay. I think software upgrade, uh, soft fever, which is yes. pretty exciting. Okay. That's, there's a really good point. I use soft fever fork. Absolutely mm -hmm. agree with that. Uh, like I said, I don't use, I don't let it auto calibrate. I tune linear advance. I tune flow rates on the machine to get better results. And I absolutely find that works better. I've had people asking me to like compare and contrast like the auto calibration versus the manual. Yeah. And I'd like to do that. I don't know if I can actually dedicate the time to doing that, but that's a good one. Um, the, uh, what was gonna, oh, bed, the bed you said, I, I hate yeah. the stickers. I hate, 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 hate the stickers. Thank I you. Ben, I thought I was I the only Ben's one. In the chat. I saw Ben's in the chat and he has a decent time with them. Personally, I can't stand them. Um, that's why I went well, you to know what it is for me is the band. sink is all the way across the house, right? So I try to use whatever build surface I can that I don't need to put glue stick on. Cause I'm, I just know myself. I'm so lazy. I'm going to wash it once every two months. You know, I, I actually, I bought, uh, I have like three hot plates, uh, the hot bed mm -hmm. plates. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have like three of them because people are like, oh, I was getting a lot of bubbles underneath the stickers because I'm printing ASA, okay. ABS, things at like right. 110 degrees bed temp all the time and like 90 to 110, somewhere in there. Um, and some people are like, oh, well, you know, you're getting bubbles because you're cracking things off too soon. So I would take out a print, put it aside, put a right. fresh plate in and go back to printing for my next thing and let it cool off on its own, maybe a little more rapidly than sitting in the machine. So maybe that's part yeah, of the yeah. problem, but it would still get tons of bubbles. And then you get bubbles in your bottom layer on your print because there's a bubble in the plate. Drove me nuts. Pex plate. No, no yep. problems anymore. Yeah. Um, yep. Love that. Uh, uh, one more mod that I'm doing, haven't done it yet. So I can't say whether or not I love it, but it's going to be in this weekend's video is the, uh, glass riser for the top so i can put an led strip in there and actually get some light oh, in there because they just have not enough light inside that machine yeah, yeah i uh i have somewhere here a literal floodlight panel which used to be in my what are you <laughs> there you are hey buddy all right great literal floodlight panel that is supposed to light my backyard but i upgraded those obviously yep. to rgb because you know um, but I'm going to make some kind of mount to just put this right on there. And this thing is like insanely, it might be too bright for that webcam that's in there, but, um, yeah, that's all my list of projects that I'm probably not going to get time to do for a while. I'll also add, neither of us said the poop yeah. shoot. You need a poop shoot. It's super important. Uh, yeah, like I have the, bucket. I have the poop shoot bucket. Gotta yep. have the poop bucket. Yep. And I'll add one more, which is I did a, the Y splitter 
I actually also did the PTFE routing thing, but I think that's just, you have to have, I did a Y splitter so that I can just feed filament without having to undo PTFE tubes. And that was, that was good as well. That's, um, that's a lot of, of questions coming in here. Video, so yeah. 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 It's, it's worth doing. Um, let's see average 3d printing time per day. It, it varies. Honestly, yeah. some days, 24 hours, some days, not at all. This exactly. week, it's been 24 hours a day. So Lately, um, I'm happy if I get like also, two hours to I'm running, I'm running parts for this week's video, but I'm also testing the uh, Neptune 3 Max right now cool. and running big prints on that just to test it. So it's just running. Very cool. Sai asks, uh, what can be, in your opinion, the best intermediate 3D printer that is both upgradable and can handle various types of filaments and is inexpensive? I will say for my part, and I'm not unbiased because they sponsored this week's video, but I just did a video on this. And I really honestly, again, I'll try and be as unbiased as I can given that they sponsor a lot of my content, but I really think the Solval SV06, especially if you pair it, you make it intermediate with a Sonic pad and upgrade it to Clipper, like for under 425 bucks, I can't think of something better, but I will say I've never used anything from the Ender series. I've never had like an Ender 3 or Ender 5, so take that as you will. But I, I, do you have any of the Sovol printers? Have they sent you any? Nope. Nope. Okay. They, uh, they offered to send me the new plus and then it just didn't go anywhere. Um, cause I, let I, me know I, if I you'd just, like to, I speak don't to guarantee a review. Oh yeah, of course. I, no, I, I just don't guarantee reviews. Yeah I, yeah. I don't guarantee reviews cause I tell everybody, look, you can send me whatever you want to send me, but until I use it, I can't guarantee if I can dedicate the time to put a review. Out. Right. Um, right. and so and a lot of companies just like, oh, I'm not going to send it to you if you're not going to review it. So whatever. Right. Um, and I also don't like so doing seems... reviews of stuff that, you know, like if, if they are a sponsor or I would like them to be a sponsor in the future, and this is something you've done a really good job, like ethically being very clear about, like, I really only want to, because I'm so limited on space, I feel like you're going to be my victim here. And I'm going to tell this to you because I've wanted to share this, but because my goal right now is rent a space so that I'm not taking up a bedroom in my family's home and my wife's desk is not covered by shelves. Uh, I really only can devote the time and energy to review products of companies that are going to build a relationship with me and support the channel, which is fine. But I also can't do paid reviews. We don't do paid reviews. Uh, I don't think anyone does at this point. So it's like, you know, you need to be willing to send me the printer. I need to be able to say whatever I want about it. And then you also have to be willing to still want to have a relationship. Um, so what I've started doing and saying is, hey, you can send it to me. I promise I will use it in a project, right? So I've got this flux laser cutter that I want to do some, I've actually done some cool stuff with, and I'm going to do more cool stuff. 3D scanners, I was like, I will use it in a video and I will talk about it. I will not review it. Mm -hmm. I don't guarantee I'll have only nice things to say about it. But, oh, yeah, that's a nice one. Which one is that? <laughs> that's the Shining 3D Einstar. Yeah, they wanted to send me that too. I still need to review the Revo Point Mini. Anyway, talking about 3D scanners. Yeah, yeah. Um, very, very cool. Alan, I know we're coming up on an hour here. I'm going to check for more questions, but in the meantime, just let me know where can people find you, getting in touch with you. I mean, it's a silly question, YouTube, but. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, just looking at the chat here a little bit. Lots of people do paid reviews. I know Knackers, uh, uh, Knackers and I are friends, and I saw a whole, it was the weirdest thing in the world to me on Twitter where 
he posted a poll about that. Like, do, are you, uh, do you, are, do paid reviews bother you? And so many people said no to that poll. And I was blown away by that thought. I'm like, yeah, what are you talking about? Like a paid review is not a review. It's an ad. I don't care if you give negatives. It's right. still an ad. Right. Um, like I, I, I'll just, I'm, I'm fairly sure I sunk my relationship with any cubic, uh, with my review of the Cobra max. Um, and that sucks, but like I had, I gave them a chance. Like I told them, Hey, look, here are problems I have with this machine. And they kind of blew me off. And then, so I yeah. just put it in the review and like I said, what I said and yeah. So, you um, know, what's funny too is I think, you know, these companies learn because they try something on one of us, except for Eliarchi, which is messaged every single one of us. And is like, we're only in the promotion page. We just want to pay you to post the link. No, yeah, uh, yeah. but they learn because I know when Anchor Make circulated, they were circulating a contract that nobody would sign. And literally someone in my Discord asked me, they're like, hey, why has no one reviewed the Anchor Make? And I'm like, because the contract they send says that it needs to be a review and it needs, you know, I didn't get the contract. It didn't come to me, but I know other people who did. And then um, I saw someone else do a review. And in that review, they said like, no money changed hands. They had no input over... So clearly they figured it out, you know, that like this, Did this isn't going to work or, or someone lied. Did they but... know? Cause my, or, or yeah, well, or somebody doesn't see like people have different opinions of what input is like right. pre conditions. They might not like, Hey, we're going to send you this product, but here's just a couple of conditions and they might be somewhat reasonable, but those are in my mind, the way I view it, those are um input they are input from the company about how you cover right. their product in my opinion right. even the fact that like like uh the neptune 3 max they sent elegu sent me the neptune 3 max and the only thing they asked me of me only condition and i'm going to disclose this in the review the mm -hmm. only condition they gave me was please give us a chance to correct any issues before you blast us for it basically totally fair and i think that's the most fair thing uh, and like i said i tried that with any cubic and they kind of blew me off so yeah. um that so they got what they got uh yeah and so i've been doing that anything that's come across with with the neptune 3 before i post about it on twitter or whatever i post it i send it to my contact at elgo and say hey here's the thing i've come across not a big fan of can you tell me what you think like hey we're we're and they've been pretty decent so far yeah um so, but I, I went around with anchor a little bit and they were giving me enough conditions that I told them to pound sand. So, yeah. Um, and I mean, it, I, there is a trend now, or maybe it's not a trend. Maybe it's that now that my channel is growing again, thanks to all of you guys for supporting the channel is people have just started saying like, Hey, we'll pay you 1500 bucks or whatever it is to, uh, they don't say review, like to do a video about our stuff. And I, I turned a few of them down and a couple of them, I was like, okay, well, but what is this video? Because if it's, you know, however much money to just do a video where I use the product and specific, and I think Uncle Jesse's really good about this. He's like, hey, I'm doing a project because Elegu sponsored this video and I can only do it on this Neptune Max massive printer. You know, that's, that's cool. And so I'm yeah. trying, because I'm new at this, right? And in the Bitcoin space, it's totally different, right? There you have to be super careful. Uh, here, it's it's more shades of gray, right? Where it's like, first, you need to make clear, like, I did pay, I was paid for this video and you can't go out right and say, these are not my opinions. 
but you do need to say like, hey, they sponsored this video and I'm doing this project. And therefore you can't even really go into review stuff because if you do start to talk about like pros and cons of the product, well, is that believable? Unless you specifically say, I mean, I've been toying with this idea. I want to hear your opinion. I want to hear the audience's opinion where it's like, hey, Elegoo sponsored this video. So it's not a review, but these are my opinions, you know, and say like they did not have creative input, but don't take this as a review, you know? I mean, like I, I, as a creator myself, I see nothing wrong with that, but I also right. see the perspective of an audience who does. Uh, like right. I watch a lot of Linus Tech Tips. Uh, I watch pretty much every day Linus Tech Tips. I enjoy right. the content have for many years now. And they do that pretty often. Um, they'll pretty often say, hey, this is sponsored by so-and-so, but you know, like I'm still going to tell you what I think about this product. And yeah, right. I don't take it as the same weight as I would a review, but I still get something out of it. So I see no issue with that. Right. But part of my problem with the whole that whole concept like i have somebody in my emails this morning i've got to respond to who wants to send me a new printer it's coming out and they specifically they were asking about a review and as i said i told them flat out i can't promise a review till i use the machine and decide whether or not i can do that um but they they basically asked like hey we want a dedicated youtube video could yeah. you do that and my response my immediate response in my head was I can use it in a project, like you're saying. Exactly. Uh, Uncle just like I I I'm talking about moving into more project stuff. Like, yeah, hey, this project is sponsored by so and so, and I'm using right. their machine to do it. And like I don't see any issue with that. My problem for me in my head, what I see audience perception wise, is that because I have built such a standpoint of being ethical and honest mm -hmm. and whatever is that i'm concerned that any words that come in uh, we saw it this week um a little another twitter controversy that i saw pop up this week was uh short circuit one of the lmg linus tech tips uh sub channels they did an mm -hmm. unboxing of the p1p and it was sponsored by bamboo lab and somebody commented on that hey nice review and uh somebody else screenshotted that posted it to twitter and be like it's not a review. It's a sponsored post. This is like, right. we need to be very clear about that. And that's where like, for me, I am known for honest opinions and reviews. I think, yeah. um, and so great anything I, oh, thank you. Uh, and anything I post gets considered to be a review. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and clear, I just saw it in the comments, the P one P video on short circuit was not a review. It was a sponsored video. They clearly disclosed that. They stated right. that, all that. Some, But that's what I'm saying is the perception. When I post on TikTok, anytime I get a new machine in, I usually do a live stream on YouTube where I unbox it, put it together, show it to the audience, and that's it. And I tell, I tell manufacturers that. The only thing you're guaranteed when you send me a machine is I'll do a live unboxing, uh, which I'm starting to get more companies that don't want live unboxings. <laughs> uh, uh, and I understand why, because if things go wrong live, it doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, so I'll do a live. I tell them I'll do a live unboxing and I will do an overview video on TikTok. I've got a big TikTok audience. So right. I, I, TikTok is one place where I'm like, it's fine for me to just, it's 60 seconds. I can't do a review in 60 seconds. Sure. So I get a new machine in. It's the new latest and greatest thing. I'll just get run down a specs list to be like, hey, this is the build volume. This is this, blah, blah, blah. 
And people will be like, people jump into my comments and say, oh, great review. And I'm like, this is not a review. So I will clear, I'll go back in there and say, this is not a review. But that's the problem is right. when you become known for being honest, forthright, and doing reviews, then people start to conflate any words that come out of your mouth with a review. Right. And that's where I have that trouble of I almost only kind of want sponsors outside of my segment. Like, give me a VPN sponsor or something where like, <laughs> it's clear I'm not doing a review of this because it's a different market or whatever. Right. Uh, and I don't know what to do because yeah. I know I'm passing up a lot of money that I really need to pay the bills uh, because right. like you said, AdSense doesn't pay the bills. So uh, I heard Zach Friedman say it very nicely. Um, what is it? YouTube AdSense doesn't butter their bread. <laughs> it's like we're their bread and butter, but they don't butter. Um, and you know, I, I think it's a continuum, right? And it's like having these conversations open and above air is part of the solution because the sponsors are evolving and that they're saying, Hey, we want a dedicated video and we understand it's not going to be a review. Well, okay. But that opens a whole new can of ethical worms. Like there's this one sponsor that I want, I legitimately genuinely want to do a video where you take one of these core XY, not bamboo printers, like an Ender five that claims to print at 250 millimeters per second. And I want to literally ask the question, is it worth building a Voron when you know, how good is this printer out of the box? And, and someone's willing to not creality themselves, but someone's willing to pay to have that video made. But then, you know, no matter how many times I come out and say, like, I'm going to tell you the real facts at the end of the day, they paid me. So even subconsciously, like I am biased. So how do you, you know, how do you do that? And also no one else is going to sponsor that video. If it's all about comparing this one product to the Voron, you know, that's an unsponsorable yeah. video unless it's yeah. a VPN. So, yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to is like, we can all say we all have biases. Like I, yeah. I, I pride myself on being ethical and honest and open and forthright and whatever. I have plenty of biases. Humans are biased creatures. Yeah. Whether it's just, I've had this discussion with people in the past where when I used to review tools, I get it more. I don't get it as much in 3d printing. I do somewhat, but, um, people will constantly say things like, Hey, you know, uh, I can't take your opinion seriously. You're biased because you're getting this for free. You got right. a free 3D printer. So what do you like? Of course, you're going to say good things about it. Um, right. A free 3D like printer at this point is more of a burden than it is a, a benefit, frankly. You and I both understand that. Frankly, like does. I'm going to have to have a whole conversation with my wife and then I'm going to have to find a, another one of my friends who's willing to take another 3D printer off my, you know, but yeah, fine. My, like we're in a very privileged position. No doubt about it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's absolutely a case, the case, uh, you know, I got the same thing. Is that another printer? Yes, it is. Where'd that one come from? Uh, well, let's not talk about that. Um, so that's a factor, but also like, uh, I've kind of lost my train of thought for a second there. Um, oh, oh, what I was going for is, okay. So what they're saying is they only want reviews from somebody who's buying the product to review it is effectively right. what they're saying. And I right. get where their mind is at with that. But then my point is, okay, so if you're running a review channel where every single product is purchased, that means it's either a corporation that has the funds to do that. Right. And then effectively, is that not the same case for the employee because they didn't spend their money? No. Uh, or you have an independently wealthy person doing your reviews, at which right. point their concept of value 
is skewed in comparison to yours who can only afford to buy one printer or tool right. or blah, blah, blah. So like there's always going to be some skew or some bias involved with this situation. Right. And in my opinion, the situation where more of us get free products so we can just show them to people is the most logical path. Right. Yes. And I also saw this video about like the end of the creator economy. And I was talking about, you know, some people here in the chat have mentioned like Jake Paul, Logan Paul, like a lot of these uh, influencers who have scammed their audience, like promoting crypto scams and stuff like that. And eventually enough of that happens. You know, Jake Tran has promoted a bunch of stuff, including his own stuff. Enough of that happens to where this magical thing that we all enjoy, which is the creator economy, becomes not effective. Right now, the number one most effective form of advertising, I know this because I wanted to start a nonprofit for corporate social good many years ago, but the number one most effective is if a personal friend tells you, I use this product and it's awesome. But number two is the parasocial relationship. Tiger Woods uses this or Mandic really uses this printer and he likes it. That's a powerful relationship. And that's why I think we've spent you know 30 minutes and, and many, many countless hours and emails talking about the importance of maintaining and respecting that ethical kind of conundrum and, and that privileged position that we're in. But that's also the only reason that this works. The only reason that you don't pay for YouTube and the only reason that uh, you don't watch 25 YouTube AdSense ads is because YouTube encourages creators to, you know, supplement their income with whatever, Patreon or whatever it is, because it's just a reality. If you don't pay for the product, you are the product. Um, and that sucks. And this is, is a good time to thank my Patreon supporters because you guys are awesome and you pay for the product. Uh, Alan, any other question? any other things I should have asked you or things you want to share with folks? I really do want to encourage before you uh, pitch yourself, I want to pitch you because your content is awesome. I don't consume TikTok, but I know you're huge there. Your YouTube channel is one of my favorites. It is criminally undersubscribed and should have 100,000 subscribers. If I were the one in charge, it would have over 100,000. Guys, please check out Mandic Really. And Alan, any last uh, comments and words just because I want to respect your time? I could talk to you all day. I'd love to have you back on the show. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you for the conversation. Uh, thanks. The chat seems like uh, I have it in the corner of my eye up here. Uh, it seems like it's been excellent and wonderful. I'm sorry we haven't been able to engage with you folks as directly. Like, it's the way it goes. <clears throat> but we can say hi to William, um, who asked us to say hi to William. So hi, William. Uh, hi, William. Yes, I, I saw William. that. So I didn't want to I didn't want to interrupt you to do that. So hi, William. Um, thank you, everybody, for supporting what I do as it is. Like, it's it's my job. And like, I'm not. I'm not setting the world on fire, but like I surviving. And so it's only thanks to people who watch the YouTube videos, uh, Patreon, yep. like there's, there's no one thing that makes it happen. Absolutely not. Um, so like you said, YouTube AdSense doesn't butter the bread. N nothing butters the bread. Like right. it's all a little bit here, a little bit there. <clears throat> it seems like we're ending at a good time. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to make, fun content that i hope people will engage with and enjoy give me a chance is the best thing i can ask and say and uh yeah i'm not everybody's to uh, everybody's cup of tea but, and apparently uh, neither am i but... as i've learned today on twitter so that's fine it's completely fine and all we can do is 
you know, try and be respectful and build meaningful relationships in this community. And you cannot please everybody. And you really shouldn't try. No, you really shouldn't. Like there's somebody for everybody. Everybody has their own thing. That's one thing I do love about 3D printing, especially is like this community. Like, yeah, I consume a lot of camera content and a lot of camera people are the same same like you know they they, mm -hmm. they they all kind of go a certain direction whatever uh in 3d printing like you know the people do different things and they have different perspectives on the same product and i really enjoy that personally same um, and we so, all yeah. kind of watch each other's stuff and except for a few very very uh notable outliers uh we all appreciate and respect each other's stuff um so Links to everything, by the way, everyone, will be in the description wherever you're consuming this podcast. So for those of you saying, hey, link us to Alan's channels, I more than happily will do so. I also want to once again thank PCBWay for sponsoring not only my content, but also some of Alan's content uh, and making this show possible. Thanks to all of you for tuning in live and watching. And uh, Alan, I hope that we get to do this again. I'd love to have you on again. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much, and uh, best of luck with this. It's 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 fun to see yet another another option of podcasting and three D printing. As to my knowledge, I only I'm only familiar with uh, Repcord and uh, the Melt Zone with uh, Stefan and uh, Thomas. So yeah, yeah. All right, my awesome. friend. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, right. and I'm gonna roll the outro. All right, see you, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the Infill Podcast. For show notes or links to anything mentioned in today's episode, visit thenextlayer.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to leave us a review wherever you're listening or click the like button to let us know. And consider subscribing to The Next Layer on YouTube so you can tune in live and participate in the next conversation. We'll see you on The Next Layer.